Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Raj Pudapetti. He's the Chief Marketing and Product Officer for Align Technology and also serves as Managing Director of the Asia-Pacific region. He has responsibility for product, marketing, strategy, and the clinical teams, as well as responsibility for market development and commercial execution for all of Align's technology products, and services in the Asia-Pacific region. On the show today, we talk about Raj's background. He spent 22 years at P&G and then went into telecommunications in India and then found his way to Align. We talk about Align and its vast business model, both in terms of the products and services and the solutions and how they're integrated to deliver a seamless experience, but also the two-sided market that they serve in terms of consumers and doctors or orthodontists in this case and dentists. We talk a little bit about purpose, how and why it makes a difference and how he's had to transform the organization to deliver on the brand that he is now delivering in market. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Raj Budapetti. Raj, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. I'm excited to get talking about all things Align technology. But before we before we go there, 
I hear I should never challenge you to a game of poker. (laughs) Tell me more about that. Uh, I'm not sure that's entirely accurate, but I do love poker. Uh, Mm -hmm. Poker is one of those things where, you know, you take all your math, all your theory, and you put it to use, and you know whether you're right or not at the end of the night. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm always wrong when I play poker. (laughs) Yeah, everyone benefits when I'm around the table, that's for sure. I've just never quite figured out. It feels like it is a game of math and probabilities, and I just haven't studied long enough, I think, to master it. I'm glad that you enjoy it, and uh, I look forward to never having to play you. Well, you know what, as we think about your pathway, you're now the the chief marketing and product officer at Align Technologies. Like, where did you get your start and and how'd you end up where you are now? I grew up in India. I'm an engineer by background and I did my MBA. And the first and the only company I interviewed with uh, right after my MBA was Procter & Gamble. (laughs) And I spent 22 years with them, Alan. So I started in India. I did India, Thailand, India, Cincinnati, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Manila, (laughs) Philippines, Panama, and Central America, back to Cincinnati, right? Wow. And the last decade of my time with Procter & Gamble, I was actually leading businesses. Mm. And in 2017, I moved from Procter & Gamble to go lead the consumer business in a telecom company of India called Airtel. Think about Airtel as the Verizon of India. It's the market leader. And I served as the director for their consumer business and also as the CMO for the total company. Came back about a year and a half later to kind of start at Align. Mm -hmm. And so you can call me an accidental marketer, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been a business business owner and, and have led businesses for a long time. And then I started at Align in 2019 as a CMO and then added business development and then had a chance to serve all of innovation end-to-end. So R&D, IT, clinical strategy, marketing, product, and then um, did that for a an year and a half, and we, we got the team set, after which I now serve as the, as the marketing and product officer and also as the business leader for Asia Pacific. Hmm. So you're still, to this day, you're still scratching that business leader itch then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get my joy out of serving a business, Alan, so you got it absolutely right. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, I mean, what a career. I mean, uh, 22 years at P&G by itself is a career all by itself. Um, and I can only imagine based on the the geography and the the travel changes, the living changes that you described, you saw a lot over those 22 years there, not to mention uh, your time at Airtel and in, in India. What I'm curious, you know, like what brought you to Align in particular? Great question, because at the point at which I was back, I was looking at different opportunities. Most of the opportunities were more in the consumer and the retail space that had been in for a long time, Alan. Mm. Align Technology, I hadn't even heard of them before I started to engage on this opportunity. And the more I dug in, the more intrigued I got, because I think it's at this intersection of consumer and healthcare and tech. And I think it's truly unique in terms of how it operates, because it's got a strong consumer angle because you've got to get consumers interested in becoming patients. And the only way they actually get in this line is by coming to doctors. So you've got to serve doctors, market to doctors, and you've got to build a product and a digital platform that actually combines all of these into a seamless solution. The thing that really, really struck me when I started really seriously considering a line was the market opportunity. 
you know, I'll have worked in big businesses for Procter & Gamble, but I've never seen a, a business as big as, as this. Mm. Just for perspective, right, there are 21 million orthodontic starts globally. Okay, 21 million orthodontic starts globally, of which Align has less than 10% share. Wow. <laughs> you can look at it and say, I've never worked in a business where, you know, you had such a big white space. And I'll add a couple of things to it, right? Align was the first mover. It disrupted the market because, you know, 26 years ago, a couple of Stanford graduates had this idea of coming up with aligners that would move your teeth. And it's the most trusted brand by consumers, patients, and doctors. It's got a clearly superior Invisalign end-to-end system that moves teeth predictably. We've got a manufacturing capability that can make a million customized aligners every single day, right? Wow. And um, it's probably one of the largest 3D printing operations, which is custom in the world. Um, and, and I had no idea, right? <laughs> so you, you put all of this together and you say, well, it looks like this is an incredible opportunity where you take this product and figure out how to convince consumers to use this, hmm. doctors to use this instead of um, a medieval torture instrument like wires and brackets. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that's have had lived through that as a teenager, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so, why in the world would you put a child, Alan, through this? Where you know, think about this, right? They put brackets on teeth. They put wires through those brackets and every two weeks they tighten the, the wires that's yeah. not pleasant you're basically using steel to force teeth into shape and um so two weeks you know you pull in one direction oh i pulled a little bit too much in this direction now let me pull in the other direction <laughs> and that's how it takes two years for anything meaningful to get done <laughs> wow well, I, I have to share something, uh, just a quick aside on on uh, <laughs> having braces as a teenager. I was also dating my orthodontist daughter at the time. And you talk about not only a torture device, but also worried, fearful, I guess, for my life that we would get stuck together if we kissed each other. So, And then I'd have to have her dad untangle us. So very, very scary for, on multiple levels for me. <laughs> hey, I, I got something really funny to connect uh, with that. In the next three weeks, you will see an ad that actually shows that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more motivating to go to a clear aligners than that, if, especially if uh, for teenagers. <laughs> it's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I, you can't make this up. You really can't make this up. No, we called we called ad wire crossed lovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yes, yes, yes. And, and luckily, I never got tangled. Uh, but uh, but man, the fear was always there. Whew. Anyway, it brought back bad memories. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, you t you talked a little bit about a line and just like you, the aligners themselves, the end to end solution, the, the various stakeholders that you're serving, you know, the consumers, the people getting the aligners and using them, the, the doctors, orthodontists, it's a pretty complex business and system. But it sounds a little bit like you, you guys have a very nicely designed system where you control things almost in a quote unquote Apple style. <laughs> but do you think about it as complex and, and, and that scope of the business? I don't know if I'm missing any other components that we didn't get to yet. 
it is actually Alan. it's you know in, initially when you can engage on it it seems fairly simple but i think that's kind of uh, a deception <laughs> the more you get into it the more complex the system is and i realize that but let me kind of give a little bit of perspective of why i think that is right so First, Align technology makes Invisalign clear aligners. We make Itero intraoral scanners. We make Vivera retainers. So when you finish your treatment, you know, to keep your beautiful teeth in shape, you know, for life. And we also acquired a CAD CAM, dental CAD CAM company called ExoCAD, which helps labs make restorations, right? When dentists mm. send a crown or a veneer, labs actually use that software to make it. So we've got an end-to-end, you know, kind of portfolio of products. And it starts with, it kind of starts with getting a consumer interested, mm-hmm. getting the person into a clinic as a potential patient, getting scanned. And then, you know, the doctor plans the treatment, provides the treatment, tracks the treatment, finishes the treatment, and then provides retainers. And then we also have the ability to help doctors visualize both the restorative-only treatment and orthorestorative treatment so that you know, then they can dimensionalize the full gamut of outcomes for patients. But in, in every step of this, really, Alan, we actually have an offering. And so that's why I kind of think about it as the Align digital platform, where each of our products actually come together seamlessly to provide an integrated solution for doctors to transform smiles and change lives of their patients. I love that. I love that sentiment as well. Well, you you joined Align roughly four years ago. Where did you start? Like, where did you focus? Given your background, both as a business leader as well as in probably one of the most storied consumer packaged goods companies in the world, where did you start when you got to the company? I started with uh, what I had been taught again and again over the years. Really, Alan, start with the consumer and the customer. So I went and had a conversation, several in-depth conversations with current patients, soon-to-be patients, and moms and children considering treatment but hadn't made a choice, orthodontists, dentists, globally, right? I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time first learning from each of our stakeholders. The second thing I wanted to do was understand the brand. So I went and had a chance to learn from some of our experts on the product, both on the device side as well as on the software side. And there's a lot of intricacy that goes into it. So when people look at an aligner, they think of it as as a plastic appliance. There is incredible technology that actually goes behind that device because over a period of time, that device miraculously transforms your teeth into a smile, right? Right. So I had a chance to kind of dig in, you know, into each of these things and learn from the experts. And when I came back, one of the things we did as a team was to say, okay, look, what does a brand stand for? What are the points of difference? What are the points of parity? How do we come across to consumers and potential patients? How do we want to come across to customers? And then define what our purpose was. What should our purpose be? And that's where transforming smiles and changing lives as a purpose came through. That's where the equity pyramid of the brand came through with an overall equity of of beautiful, healthy smiles. And each of the points of difference that you see reflected in our marketing, but also in our products today, you know, focusing on more predictable outcomes, more comfortable outcomes, faster outcomes, and no compromise to lifestyle because of braces. I love that. As you think about the 
points of parity, points of difference and your purpose, purpose in particular, like how, how do you think that that shows up? How does that make a difference both in terms of the marketing that you do, but also the company in general? I think it's an incredible influence on the brand team and mm. slowly over a period of time, the entire company. At Align, we take our purpose very seriously. Transforming smiles, changing lives is something we live by. But I want to tell you a fun story about my first foray with brand purpose many, many moons ago. Okay? <laughs> there was a young marketing director leading Bounty Paper Towels. Okay, Bounty Paper Towels is a Procter & Gamble brand. Um, it's the market leader in North America, you know, with, with around a 45 share. And Bounty is a fantastic product. Don't know if you've had a chance to use it in your home, but... Your go-to brand. <laughs> yes. There you go, right? Yeah. So I used to work with a great brand manager. I'll just call him Eric. And Eric mm-hmm. actually had this idea of, Raj, how do we bring our purpose to life? So our mm-hmm. purpose was live life more hands-on. Okay. And, and that was a beautifully defined purpose. And the agency and the brand team did a wonderful job of framing it, but we had not done much with it. Till Eric came along and he said, look, how about we bring it to life and we bring all stakeholders together? So an incredible movement started across all functions, across themes. How do you help mothers, kids, families live life more hands-on? And one of the pieces of research we did was, you know, the, the word that a child below eight hears the most is the word no. <laughs> so we came up with a campaign of say yes to the mess because you have bounty <laughs> to take care of, it, right? Right. <laughs> because how do we learn as human beings, as children? We learn by doing things and it's messy, but that's how you learn. That's how you live life. So we brought the whole experience to life in an actual setting, in a retail setting where, where kids and parents could come. And we'd put on overalls and they could actually have mess and make a big mess and learn, have fun doing so. And then we we literally opened a location in Chicago. We reached out to one of the social influencers to kind of come and bring this to life in schools where we went and taught how you can live life more hands-on with bounty, learn science, use that to kind of clean up graffiti in underprivileged schools. Mm. And all of this came together in just a few months, Alan, right? And I saw how energized the team had become. Now, results were coming amazingly well because folks believed in our purpose. They believed in what we were trying to do. And I remember that after that day, I never forgot the power of purpose. And every business or brand that I've been associated with, I've been trying to understand what is its purpose? How do we bring it to life in a meaningful way, in an authentic way? So at Align, I would tell you that transforming smiles and changing lives is a very apt purpose. Because I don't know if you've seen a team, and I've now seen many stories about how they didn't have social esteem or they were bullied in school, mm. how he or she you know, kind of used Invisalign and in, in a short eight-month period became a completely different individual with a level of self-confidence and esteem that all of us would aspire for. And you look at this simple appliance, seemingly simple appliance that makes such a profound impact in people's lives. Mm. And you say, wow. How wonderful would it be if we can bring this purpose to life in, in, in more holistic ways, but also more markets? So you will see that reflected in our marketing. You will see that reflected in our causes, in our products, as well as in what employees do. So we, we have purpose-driven activities where in our, as each of us give back in the communities where we live and work in, we connect it to our purpose. There's, a, there's also a nonprofit 
that we actually work closely with called Operation Smile. And Operation Smile focuses on curing clefts and situations and, and conditions related to that in very, very economically disadvantaged markets. So we are a partner, we contribute money, but also, you know, we we actively engage with Operation Smile to get mm. them endorsements so that we could change the lives of many, many kids. This is something that's really core to what Align is. And, and I'm happy to say to all of the employees alike, whether they are in a manufacturing facility, a treatment planning facility, or a commercial facility. I love that. I, I, and I've done a little bit of work in the in the space, not in 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 um, the line or in um, braces or, or that kind of thing, but in terms of the dental category, I, I got exposed to uh, the dental implant business <laughs> a while back. And it was a, a key insight that we kind of honed in on as well is that the the smile, smiles are everywhere, if you think about it. Like, and it says so much to see a smile, but there are many people that, that hide their smile, right? Um, because of, you know, confidence issues, worried about maybe how their teeth look, et cetera. And I didn't realize how powerful that was until you think about it. And how often do you see somebody smiling? Literally every day, many, many times a day. Right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you do. And it says so much about us as humans. And, and to not have that, I can totally see how that could change somebody's entire outlook about life if they, if they can't smile. You know, we have many, many patients we talk to, Alan, who say, and this is the age of social media and photographs everywhere. But you could see, yeah. you could see the photographs and you could see the pictures. They don't smile. And they tell us once they finish the treatment, you know, how much more they smile. So what you're saying is absolutely true. And it's profound in terms of its impact on the individual. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And if people think about it, I mean, if you're a listener listening to this conversation right now, just smile. And it changes your outlook on life. Like it literally, I don't know what it is, something about the muscle movements itself, it, you know, the release of whatever chemical in our brains, but it totally changes your outlook if you just take a moment and smile. And then the most, the, the, you know, the connection you have with somebody else on the other, the receiving end of that smile and they smile back just reinforces the, the feeling altogether. But your point about us living in a, an, you know, a photographic and Instagram TikTok world today, it, it has to put even much more pressure on our teenager population, the younger kid population that are living through those apps and, and through those activities. I can't imagine, frankly. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, how, you know, as you, you got started, you, you learned about the business, you learned about the consumers, you learned about the technology. You've talked about how you're bringing that to life through an ad that mirrors my own personal experience as a teenager. And, you know, the, the organizations that you're getting involved with as well to bring your purpose to life. How, where, how do you think about pacing this out? You, you mentioned earlier about purpose and the focus that it starts really with the brand team in terms of motivating them. And then over time, it starts to influence the company as well. But as you've learned and, and taken away these insights and brought some of these campaigns to life or, and continue to bring them to life, what have you learned over that time? Look, understanding consumers, potential patients, and understanding our brand is absolutely key. Mm. You can never come up with a compelling idea without understanding your brand and your consumer in depth. In our case, we started with the notion that Invisalign is not your parents' braces. So if you go back three mm. years ago, the idea was Invisalign is not your parents' braces. And you have two kids, you know, sitting in front of two old desktops with the old dial-up sound <laughs> going on. And both of them actually have this outward antenna that actually holds their teeth in place and they get entangled. <laughs> <laughs> that was three years ago, right? And what we learned is this funny juxtaposition of equating braces, you know, being old-fashioned to being parents' braces really resonated with teens. And as we developed that insight, we came up to how do we humanize the insight and make it much more relevant to teens? Mm. Because it's not your parents' braces is much more in the category. It still doesn't have a human insight yet, right? Mm -hmm. So as we worked more with teens and moms, we kind of came up with this articulation that Invis is drama-free. Invisalign is drama-free. Mm. And so now you actually have a juxtaposition of teens and moms with Invisalign and without Invisalign. Now, with teens, there is always drama. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but with Invisalign, the drama is a little bit lesser than if it were not. <laughs> right. right. And what we've now seen is it, it brings a smile to the mom's face. It brings a, a grudging smile to the teen's face because he or she knows right, about the drama. And then because it's so human, you know, as an insight, it also makes the brand much more relatable and authentic. Look, through this journey, we've kept the brand experience very, very authentic. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is we've got close to a thousand influencers globally now. Okay. Think about it as global, regional, country, micro. You just go all the way between moms, adults, and teens. We've got about a thousand influencers. And one of the key things that we do is we want our influencers to use Invisalign and talk about the journey. This is not one of those products where you can say, oh, I see this. It looks like a good product. Let me endorse it. You can't get the authentic representation and the story out in a way that we want for our brand without using it. So for the most part, influencers are either using it or we put them into treatment because we want their smiles to be transformed so that they can genuinely talk about the impact of the brand on their life and this smile. I love that. I love that. Well, as you think about, I mean, this journey that you've been on and the 
the now like manifestation of this in the marketplace with these messages and approaches. And I have to comment that you, you, you nailed the invis. You're like such a Gen Zer, Raj. I don't know how you, how you've learned how to shorten words like that. <laughs> but, but my 16, my, my 15 year old turning 16 does it all the time. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? So <laughs> you've got the lingo down as well, even though you probably don't identify with that generation necessarily. At least I don't, I'm, I'm too old now. But how have you, how has this led to, you know, how you think about the organization, the marketing organization that you lead and, and what have you had to transform from an organizational standpoint to make all this come to life? Let me share a couple of thoughts on that one. But first, I'll connect it to Invis, Alan. Invis is, was the campaign that our agency team developed. And um, this came about. So when I started my journey at Align, we had 100 plus agencies we were working with. <laughs> Even though our spend wasn't much, we were primarily advertising in the US. We didn't have a campaign and we didn't have an aligned equity pyramid. And now we, we advertise in 14 markets. We have one agency globally, both for creative and media. That's PG1, Publicis Group 1. So we have Digitas for creative, and then we have Starcom for media. And we have a consistent campaign among consumers and doctors across these 14 markets. And we have a consistent professional mark, uh, campaign across the 80 markets that we operate in. Invis is, is the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Invisys is the campaign, and I'll tell you, it tells you the importance of nurturing respectful relationships and, and treating agency partners as partners and equals. You know, when marketers complain about getting bad output, I kind of say you get what you deserve. <laughs> okay, if, you, if you don't understand your brand, you don't have a great creative brief, and then you don't treat your agency partners with the respect they deserve, mm. then you'll get what you deserve, right? I have to say, I'm blessed with a wonderful team. Uh, Kamal in, in our team leads global consumer. I've got strong consumer leaders in each of the markets. So from that standpoint, Kamal and her team have done an amazing job, you know, putting this campaign in place, driving consistency, and putting the right media principles. Uh, we also have a very strong kind of doctor, a professional marketing organization. Remember, we sell to... We almost have 80,000 active doctors globally. Wow. 80,000. And most of these are single practices or just, you know, kind of two or three individuals kind of having a practice. So we've segmented, just like consumer segmentation, we've segmented our doctors into five different segments for orthodontists and GPs separately because they have different needs, mm. different gaps. And we develop solutions and communication that actually connects to those solutions directly for each of the segments of our doctors. Hmm. Let me give you an example, right? We have five segments for orthodontists, new, occasional, active, engaged, and expert. And we've designed those segments based on their clinical confidence with using Invisalign and also their proficiency with using Invisalign for complex cases in addition to some attitudinal um, dynamics and variables like using ITERO and being digital. Hmm. But if I take a doctor who's active, so they, he or she has done at least one case in a year, and I move the doctor to the next segment, which is engaged, the throughput per doctor is 4x, 400% increase. Wow. Now, an active doctor's needs are around clinical expertise and confidence. So when we design a program and we design the holistic program, which has sales, marketing, customer service, clinical, 
formal and informal training all pulled together into a holistic program. We call it those programs. And we use those programs to kind of help our customers address whatever is the key need they have. And so we have a program for active doctors globally. And coming out of that program after six months, when they move to engage, we get a 400% increase. So the, the marketing discipline of barrier, insight, and then relevant solutions stays the same. It's just applied differently, you know, when it comes in the context of a doctor. Lastly, I would say, so you, we've talked about consumer marketing. We've talked about customer or doctor marketing. I also serve a team that actually develops the products and the solutions. Right. So we've, we've been able to come together and develop a platform, Alan, as I shared with you, I call it the Align Digital Platform, with six steps, connect, scan, plan, treat, monitor, and retain. And we've now, instead of selling individual products, we've been able to bring them together into a seamless solution for the doctor mm. that he or she could use to kind of grow their practice, deliver outstanding outcomes, and hence transform smiles and change Above that, I mean, and what a system you built. I mean, in in a relatively short time, four years. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of work to put together. But the thing I'm taking away as well, not to just put the the product seamless integration of the product into the the doctors' lives and workflow, if you will. I think that's tremendous, and I'm sure it goes a long way to helping you graduate them up that spectrum uh, that you talked about and increase throughput. But you've also got the market, if you will, like of driving demand within the consumer space and matching that demand with the doctors themselves. Do you think about yourself as like a market maker in some ways? We do. As a company, we do really, Alan. And I think that's a very apt articulation. Let, let me just build on that, right? So yeah. when, a, when a person gets interested in teeth straightening, one of the first things the person wants to do is visualize his or her smile. Mm. So we've developed a capability using, you know, kind of leveraging AI, where if you take a photograph, we can actually show how a smile is transformed. Mm. We call it Smile View. We offer it online on our website, but we also have developed an app, My Invisalign app, which is both for consumers and patients. You just need a login ID. It's been downloaded three and a half million times, okay? <laughs> and that app is used every month by 350,000 patients, okay? Now, let's say I'm interested on that app, in the U.S., you can check how much your insurance will pay. Because the second question that most consumers have before they become patients is, what's the cost? How much do I need to pay? Mm-hmm. We've recently introduced a feature where they can take photographs and send it to a doctor. And the doctor will tell them, look, here's how much it'll cost. Here is how long it'll take. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So you're trying to remove every part of the friction. Now the consumer becomes interested, comes to the practice using ITRO, which is an intraoral scanner. The doctor scans the consumer and is able to visualize on the scanner itself what the patient's smile would look like. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's clinically valid. So this is not an AI template anymore. This is the patient's teeth, stage-by-stage stage movement to show what the transformation could look like for the patient. Because remember, he or she is still in the practice, not yet made the call to kind of sign up for Invisalign. Right? <laughs> so this potential patient becomes a patient. And then we have the doc who plans. Mm. And to do the planning, what we've now done is we've worked with doctors to automate their preferences. So that the first treatment plan a doctor gets back when he or she sends us a scan of a patient, we send the treatment plan back to the doctor. 
that treatment plan is very, very close to his or her preferences. And then he or she is able to kind of make the changes then and there. We call it live update. And it takes almost 2 billion computations to get it done, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Just in two minutes in front of the doctor's eyes, instead of going back and forth with the technician. So it's, you know, we are creating the market, not just with consumers and potential patients, really, Alan. Mm. We're transforming dentistry and orthodontics, right? So we're creating a new market and modernizing a discipline that's been, that's been fairly stationary for a couple of hundred years, right? Right. Right. Now, the doctor actually says, yes, I approve the plan if it's a straightforward orthodontic case or if there are gaps and the, and the patient has lost teeth, is able to demonstrate what orthodontics can do, what restoration can do, and both together can do, right? When it goes to, when the treatment plan comes to us, then we, we, we manufacture the alliance. And remember, no two teeth are the same, no two people's teeth are the same. Right. So when we send a set of aligners for that patient, nobody else can use that aligner. It's just for that patient. It's a custom medical device, right? Mm. And the patient starts to use this and then sends photographs to the doctor. And we, we developed this during the COVID pandemic mm. when patients didn't want to or couldn't go to doctor's offices. And then mm. now using AI, the doctors only need to look at pictures that aren't tracking. <laughs> so you save 80% of the doc's time you finish this treatment and then we digitally nurture the statement, the, the patient to kind of use Vivera retainer so that then they can wear them every night and keep the beautiful smile for life. And we've now launched a variety of, of products, right, including Invisalign Vitamin that patients can use on a going basis. But when you said, look, you guys are creating a market, we are. We are creating a market for teeth straightening, but we are making orthodontics the standard of dentistry. And we're transforming dentistry by digitizing. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, and it, it, it is transformative in terms of all the things that you're touching and changing about how this solution is delivered in the marketplace to consumers. It's, it's, a, it's kind of mind boggling if you think about it, but you characterize it so well. I want to get your thoughts. I mean, we've talked about the transformation that you're driving. We've talked about the marketing and the insights that you've learned over the time. The billion dollar question, I guess, is how do you think about measuring the effectiveness of your marketing efforts today? <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I'm an old fashioned accidental marketer. <laughs> yeah. So to me, anything that you do, whether it's a marketing product or anything else has to drive the revenue of the business hmm. and has to drive satisfaction with patients and doctors. So we measure every part of the journey. So when we market to consumers, how many impressions do we deliver? How many visitors? You know, just in quarter one, we delivered, of this year, we delivered 23 billion impressions. Uh, sorry, 8 billion impressions, apologies. And uh, I think 23 million visitors to our website. Yeah. Okay. Now, we also track it from there. So somebody comes onto our website, how many people actually look at what page? What doctors do they search for? And afterwards, do they come onto our concierge where we help them set up a point? What we've now learned, Alan, and this is fascinating learning for a marketer is 99% of potential patients don't go to our concierge. They do a search and they find their own doctor, right? Oh. So now you need to kind of have an econometric model like a market mix model that takes all your inputs and the revenue and volume to kind of build a model that tells you what's the role of each of these inputs in driving the output. Okay. Mm. This should also tell you most closed loop attribution doesn't work unless you know it's a product that you can buy online then and there. 
It's all nonsense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just be <laughs> just just uh, upfront with you. But no. if you want to step back and be holistic and say, look, if I can build a model with all the inputs and outputs, use some real math to kind of come up with what the relative impacts of each of those levers are, that becomes important. Right. Now, we measure the satisfaction of patients as they go through the journey and they finish the journey. We also measure how we fare, we serve our doctors in, in every part of the journey, you know, in our software, in our customer service, in our sales and relationship building. So we measure each of these to ensure that we're delivering a, an outstanding experience across stakeholders. I love it. I love it. And you, you had me at marketing mix models. So <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of them. I think they, for many reasons, they went out of, out of vogue as people got more digitally inclined and everyone moved to the attribution. But to your point, like there's so many breaks along the way, I, even in really easy to track businesses, there's still breaks and things that are getting misattributed. I'm a big fan of marketing mix and there's been a lot of advances to make them better and, and more effective today than they were even in the past so glad to hear glad to hear that's in the mix among other things that you're doing well you know one of the things we like to do on this show it's been fascinating to learn about your business and, and all the all the improvements and enhancements and the success that you guys have seen but one of the things i love to do is get to know you a little bit better beyond your poker play <laughs> and my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on is, you know, has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? Sure. Um, Alan, I shared with you, you know, I'm an engineer and I did my MBA, started with Procter & Gamble. I started in marketing analytics and insights. And then I moved over to the dark side, <laughs> to the marketing <laughs> side. <laughs> but in my formative years as a young marketer and as a young strategy leader, I got a chance to work for a leader at Procter & Gamble. I believe the person unnamed, who then went on to become a very, very senior leader for Procter & Gamble. But what was unique about him was he had the ability to feel every person in a room feel valued and listened to. Irrespective of whether he agreed with the recommendation or not, almost every team that came and met him walked back with more energy than they came <laughs> And I found it fascinating. I, I, it was a, a lesson in leadership for me from very close quarters because I, I worked for him, so I was watching him very closely. And that actually shaped my thinking very, very profoundly on energy creative leadership. You can accomplish wonderful things. You don't need to run down people for that. You could actually have people feel great. Even if, they are, even if their output is not great at that point in time, you can actually figure out a way to work with them Mm. Uh, to make the output better. I'm not saying there are some people who may not fit and you may need to find different homes for them. That's fine. But nobody wakes up in the morning saying, I want to fail today. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and if you can actually believe in, che, in saying that, look, I'm going to kind of figure out how to kind of unleash my team to deliver outstanding outcomes, right? You know, ordinary people deliver extraordinary outcomes if empowered. And that's my job. Get out of their way and empower. I love that. I love that. And, and what a great... What a great model to watch and, and mirror and try to learn from uh, that leader that you talked about. I have this vision in my head and, and politics aside, you can agree with politics of this person or not. But I think of Bill Clinton, I think, had that presence, that ability to connect at a very personal level and make sure people felt like he was listening to them as well. Again, politics aside, I think he did that really well as well. I agree, Alan. And, and one of the things I'd say to you is 
most folks think that you know if you have a style like that you can't accomplish results quickly that's completely mm. incorrect <laughs> i saw this person deliver exceptional results turn around organizations and businesses literally immediately right <laughs> and uh, even in a giant company like png where the ship took a long time to turn he was able to turn around really quickly that's amazing that's amazing yeah i mean I, once you win the hearts and minds of people just think how much you can how fast you can go right <laughs> you, i think we forget that it, it, at the end of the day you still need people to do something um and uh, it's not just telling them what to do uh, that gets you where you need to go so it's amazing well, what advice would you give your younger self if you're starting this journey all over again? It's <laughs> a great question. I'd say stop and smell the roses. <laughs> As a young person, I um, I was probably in a little bit more of a hurry than I should have been. Um, <laughs> I was blessed because I had wonderful managers who invested in me. I had wonderful teams that I got a chance to work with. But I wish I could have actually taken half a day more for every city that I visited, saw the city, okay? Take a day off and visit a new country when I was visiting instead of just the conference room, right? I did spend time with the team to get to know them, but I wish I had spent a little more time just being curious, learning and exploring cultures, countries. And then, as I say, it's stop and smell the roses. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And uh, you're not alone in the category of CMOs that I've talked to. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of high-powered A personality, A-type personalities. So yeah, but I agree. I agree. I, I wish I, I'm still trying to figure out how we could reverse retirement, meaning we should be retired when we're young <laughs> and work when we're old. Um, so anyway. I, it's I, a fascinating concept and I've never seen anybody articulate it that way, but I can yeah. see why that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have so much you can do, but you have, if you're going to have kids, you have kids when you're younger as well. Like it's that, that period of, of raising kids and when you're still able to, to get around and, and do exciting, adventurous things. Not that you can't when you're older too. I, I don't want a bunch of people coming after me after I say this, but uh, it, you know, it just makes more sense somehow if we could figure out a way to have a mini retirement maybe earlier in life. But anyway, another day that we could go down that path. I'm curious if you think there's a, a topic marketers need to learn, be learning more about, or, or maybe it's something you're trying to learn more about yourself. Look, I, um, I'm intrigued by how AI can help with improving and enhancing productivity, Alan. Mm. To me, AI doesn't preclude thinking. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not so worried about AI kind of doing campaigns and, and whatever else, right? I, I'm fascinated by the potential to improve productivity, cut out inefficiency, mm -hmm. and, and make things come together quicker. So I, I am learning about that and uh, investing in different things to kind of experiment and pilot different things. Yep. The one advice, so I'm sure different marketers advise folks to kind of go after different things. Alan, my advice to young marketers is, Learn the fundamentals first, okay? Mm. Who are you talking to? What is it that you're trying to communicate? And how will you get across? Now, depending on the time and age, the how might change, but the who and the what don't, mm. okay? And, and I go back to my earliest training in PNG, and I think today when I talk to folks, they want to kind of, they want to kind of dazzle me with their knowledge of media vehicles versus helping me understand why the strategy is right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and and I and my questions consistently remain the same. What I learned, uh, and and maybe just because I'm old, but I'd say, okay, who are you talking to? 
<laughs> what is it that you want to accomplish? You know, why is it difficult to do so? And now tell me how you will do it. Nice. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. 100% agree. I got two more questions for you before we wrap up here. Are there any brands or companies or causes on a personal level that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? Look, there are a couple of brands that uh, I think there are many, many brands actually that, that are doing a wonderful job. There are a couple of brands that I watch carefully because I think they tend to be barometers of, of sentiment, consumer and team sentiment. One's Apple, the other one's Nike. They tend to be brands that tend to reflect the real changing sentiment way, way quickly. And I'm fascinated by how well they do that. They do it differently. One does it with messaging, another does it with an integrated experience. But but uh, I think both of them are brands to watch. Alan, the cause I am personally passionate about, and I have a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old just so you know, <laughs> is protecting kids from harmful content yeah. on um, social media. I'm pretty passionate about it. And um, I'm part of this global CMO network and GARM. And, uh, and I hope we get even more involved in that because I, I think this is, this is quite an urgent issue that we need to address. No, I agree. Uh, a dad of a 15-year-old daughter, it's, uh, it's real. The struggle is real. It's uh, something I hope, I hope we can address as a, as a community, as a society as well. So it's, it's troubling. We do our best as parents, but I, I honestly think at some level this is a, a sol- bigger solution is needed other than just parenting to try, try to tackle it. I agree. And if all of us come together, nobody can um, stop us from doing it. So I believe we can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, um, last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? The pace of innovation is never going to be as slow as it is today. Okay. It'll only accelerate. So I think the biggest opportunity for us is learning agility being able to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And I was talking to a very senior leader of a very large consumer goods company who's a a close friend. And he said something that stuck me and stuck with me, which was, he said, Raj, answers are going to be easy to find. The question is, can you ask the right questions? So the biggest opportunity is, you know, the availability of computing power and data. And the biggest threat is not running fast enough to learn and being able to ask the right questions. I really love that. In particular, the, the notion of learning, unlearning, and, and then relearning again and asking the right questions. I mean, if we just used, you're building on your AI example earlier, asking AI today a different flavor of a different question gets you a different response, even though the concept is the same. And uh, I think that notion of making sure you can ask the right question, it will determine whether you have the right answer or not. (laughs) So interesting. Very interesting. Well, Raj, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you, Alan. I've enjoyed our conversation and appreciate the opportunity to engage with you. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.